Got Your Back Podstream is brought to you by Kinprint. For all your company's promotional needs, they do it all. Apparel, promotional products, using the highest quality brands. They do logo design, signage, and printing. Kinprint will promote your brand with excellence. Visit kinprint.ca. On, folks, welcome to Got Your Back post game edition. The Edmonton Oilers turned some grease into some goals. Three games that's a legit streak, Oilers fans. You can actually feel not too bad about turning a corner here. Rob Brown and Jason Strudwick both standing by. We got the whole crew in town, and guess what? Zuby's back from his week long vacation. Chris Sabunia will be around for our Ask Us Anything segment. We've got a great podcast lined up for you. As always, it's brought to you by Sherwood Buick GMC. Fantastic title sponsors. And if you missed out on their big event last month on Friday the 13th, uh, it's not too late. They got another big one going November 24th and 25th. Take advantage of their special Black Friday promotions up to $7,000 in discounts. Now you might be thinking, yeah, right. Seriously, go check them out. Tell them Got Your Back sent you because when you do, you'll get that specialized pricing. You'll also get three free ultimate detail packages on new or used vehicles. Take advantage of their special Black Friday promotions, discounts, finance, cash, and trade-up bonus as well. Visit gmcpod.com. Coming to you from the luxurious Long Shot Studio here in Sherwood Park. Long shots, an amazing golf, and fantastic sports bar experience. Visit our good friends at longshotswithaz.ca. Uh, we're left with a youthful picture of Rob Brown only from his Pittsburgh Penguin days back when the, well, you know, the hairline was a little bit better and the athleticism was a little <laughs> bit more on point, but uh, Brownie on the phone on his way home and, uh, and we got Struds. What's going on tonight, fellas? Struddy, what do you think, man? Bit of a journey for Oiler fan tonight. Yeah, it was an emotional one, right? It was like a lot of what we'd kind of seen previously. And then they turned the corner and got her done. So, you know, if you went to bed early, you missed out. Brownie, I was on my way home listening to you and Reed. Always do a great job on Chet. Uh, Reed Wilkins. I'm a huge Thank fan, you. by the way, of, of Reed on that show in particular. Uh, I heard a caller call in and said to you... You are a professor of hockey. Oh, jeez. And, and I'm thinking to myself, his head is going to be so in the clouds by the time he gets on to Got Your Back. Like, is it just a constant or constant compliments on that show? Or what was that about? Well, that was obviously a very astute and uh, very brilliant caller that mm -hmm. called in. So, How is your uncle, by the I way? Mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uncle John called in and he said to say <laughs> hi to you guys too. Um, it was it, well, we had uh, happy callers tonight because there's uh, happy Oiler fans, and I think that for 54 minutes tonight, the Oilers were not great, but for seven or eight minutes, they were very good, and they they stole two points. But if you're going to try and find your way back into a playoff race. You're going to need to find ways to steal two points, and they did it on the back of goaltending and penalty killing in a fantastic game by Evander King. All right, that was the breakdown brought to you by Rob Brown, apparently. 
Brownie, yeah, you got to learn. You're new, I know you're new on the pod, but, you know, we're going to break the game down in our breakdown segment. The first little bit is just supposed to be a little bit of bullshit, a little bit of BS in between the fellas, you know, and then we get to the breakdown. But you just brought all the goods right away. So that'll be a wrap, folks. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Uh, time for the hey, breakdown. Everyone gets, everyone gets to go to sleep now. That's yeah. it. See, no, we know no. what happened. You are welcome. We got a lot of ground to cover. And by the way, nobody sleeps well unless they've had Strutty's World. And Strutty's World tonight is going to be a deep dive into the locker room. What happens when a coach comes in and starts shuffling guys around the room? Strutty's got that in store for us. Time for the breakdown brought to you by Mr. Dirk. The iconic men's clothing store here in Edmonton founded all the way back in 1939. If you haven't had a chance to check it out, it's just off White Avenue and 102nd Street. It really can help you elevate your wardrobe, right? So if you want to up your game when it comes to your suits, your ties, your shirts, your pants, whatever, they've got a huge variety, all kinds of different stuff, different price ranges. It's fantastic. And they can also help you look better casually as well. Uh, everything you need for all parts of your wardrobe, it's mrdirk.com to check out all that they have to offer. Okay, through 40 minutes, Jason Strudwick, you were sitting there thinking what? Uh, the, 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 the Oilers had kind of fallen back into some of their old habits, right? Some of the, the defending um, was casual, I think, would, would be a one way of describing it. And then, you know, you, you're like, okay, hey, this can't be happening, right? That This team can get going. They weren't really engaged too much. Um, but the old habits kind of fell back into it, Brownie. I agree. It, it wasn't pretty. Uh, I think that the 3-1 score at the end of two was flattering oh. to the Oilers. I think it was I think it was a 5-1 or a 6-1. Skinner was excellent through the first 40 minutes and kept the Oilers in the game. But you're right. Uh, casual plays, uh, the odd man breaks, guys wide open. All the things they were trying to get out of their game really creeped into the game in that second minute, uh, that second 20 minutes of the game. Yeah, I sent a tweet, and I'm going to find it here. Um, we sent it from Got Your Back. We're, we're going to start using some of SportLogic's numbers, and they have some really in-depth numbers, right? It's and, and this is a great company. Like, teams subscribe to these guys. Networks do. So they do some real great work inside the numbers for SportLogic. And their numbers tonight on zone entries and zone exits and success rates – was pretty stunning how easy a night Seattle had through 40 minutes of getting around out there, basically breaking out at will and gaining the zone at will. The other thing, too, was they had like 66, 67 percent of the puck battles through two periods. Brownie, that's a red flag for me. When I saw that puck battle one, that's a red flag for me. This Oiler team should not be losing the puck battle battle any nights right now at all. So I guess great that they got to the two points and we'll get to that. But how concerning is a start like that for a team that's where this one's at? I think it's very concerning. And then you look at Seattle, it's not a big physical team. A lot of their players are 5'11", 6 feet, and they were winning the battle. There's the one goal, uh, Yamamoto out-muscled Bouchard in the corner. <laughs> and the one thing that they got, one reason they got rid of Yamamoto was because they didn't feel they could play in, in the corners. They didn't feel they could play in front of the net when the big games happened in the playoffs. And on that one, he outmuscled Bouchard. So, yeah, it was concerning. And it's something that the Oilers thought they had uh, beaten with the coaching change. But through 40 minutes now, you're like, uh-oh, here we go again. Strudz, what do you make of the puck battle issue? 
Yeah, it is. It is a challenge, right? And that that is not a skill, right? It's just an attitude, right? And going in and 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 you know the one that Brownie outlined was a great example. You know, Bouchard kind of had it. You know, but Yamamoto's kind of digs in and he has to toss it away. So that's that's a situation where you have to go in there with the attitude, I'm going to win this puck battle and, and then take it away. And it really is a, it's a, something you should take great pride in um, because coaches monitor it so closely, right? Like, are you winning your puck battles or more, more of your puck battles you're losing? So it's concerning. Um, and really that should be a staple of the older's game, right? That's got to be a, just a basic uh, foundational piece that there's going to come out and we're just going to win puck battles to start with. And at least we get the puck to start with. Uh, slot shots were 11-4 Seattle through 40 minutes. Controlled entry success rate, they were 69%. So 69% of the time they tried to get the zone, they got it under control. Edmonton was 35. Controlled exit. So how easily are you getting out of your own zone? 92% for, C uh, for Seattle, 78% for Edmonton, 64-36 were the percentages on the puck battle. So definitely some concerning signs in the first couple of periods. Uh, a team that just for some reason isn't able to find ways to shift the tide when they're hitting these lulls. Their second periods have been just atrocious, especially lately. There's a lot to work on, and we could sit here and chew on all of that for an entire <laughs> segment. But honestly, we've been chewing on a lot of the negativity here, and rightfully so, for a couple of weeks. So let's just push right through to the third. And once again, Struds, a player who's not afraid to get ugly, not afraid to get to the inside, comes up with a massive performance a secondary score with a natural hat trick for the second time in three games that gets this team across the line. Uh, but I mean, Evander Kane's played, you know, he's been one of the forwards that's been pretty consistent this year, along with Fogel and then probably Hyman are the three guys that are the most consistent. Uh, bigger bodies that, as you talk about, go to the, the hard areas of the ice. Um, but I, I think the big the big thing is, Knobloch talked about in the, in, in uh, is is grand finale there with the, the press he talked that we came out with passion and and i and I, I agree with that like you could just see the guys got excited they were jumping they were playing faster uh they were winning more puck battles i bet you that last 10 minutes or so of the game or what you know that seven eight minutes i bet you they won uh, way more uh, of the puck battles than they did you know previous two periods so that that passion and that excitement to play it's it's sometimes hard to create but you you manufacture it by winning puck battles and then then driving the front of the net, then scoring a goal. Then all of a sudden, okay, boys, we're in this one. And you can kind of feel after they got that second goal and Kane kind of got rolling. I I felt like this game was going to be at worst an overtime loss, Brownie. Well, I, I think for all the players on the team that are struggling to score goals, they should watch the second goal of the game, the Evander Kane's first goal. He's below the goal line. He passes the puck to Bouchard. And what we see a lot of the times is the Oiler players stay on the perimeter. They'll wait down there maybe for a reef to pass back or, or they'll wait in case Bouchard throws it in the corner. But Evander Kane passed it to Bouchard and went straight to the front of the net. Straight to the front of the net. Bouchard takes two steps and fires it at his stick. It's a great example of going to the blue paint, going where you're going to score goals. That's what he and Hyman do on a consistent basis. And you see the, a number of the Oilers players who have struggled to score this year aren't hanging out in that area, and they have to. So Evander Kane set the tone, both physically, emotionally, and then obviously offensively with a fantastic finish to this game. But the Oilers have to do more of what Evander Kane does if they want to be successful through 60 minutes 
not just through the last 10. Final statistic on the puck battles, according to Sport Logic, 67% for the Seattle Kraken, 33% for the Edmonton Oilers. So on the wrong side of that, but boy, a nice comeback. And I really wonder how much a comeback like this, Struds, can help this team and be a remedy right now. Because yes, there'll be some frustration about the way they played, but just getting a win is different, I would imagine, than coming back as a group like that, grinding one out, feeling the pressure of, oh, crap, here we go again, and then rising from the ashes. I feel like <laughs> there's something more you can pull out of a win like that than just a 3-1 a solid game tonight. Well, you can go back and reference it, right, and say, hey, guys, we've been in this situation before and we've come back. Because they can score goals. There, there's no, no doubt about that. Um, and there are some areas you mentioned they have to clear up or clean up. But they, they, they can go back and say, hey, you know what, we, we've, we've done this before, we know what we can do. And then when they start feeling that emotion, and then when they bring that emotion, they know what it feels like and what it looks like when they're playing at their best. Because it's, it's difficult to play on your toes when you're, there's not a lot of emotion in the game, right? You're just kind of standing there and just kind of going through the motion. So I think it's something they can go back and use again as they, as they get ready for a, a pretty difficult road trip. I wouldn't say it's the hardest road trip as far as opponents. But it's a it's a pretty tricky one through some some pretty tough buildings, Brownie. Well, I also think that it's going to be easier this week for the coaches to have receptive players. Uh, they've come; they're on a three-game winning streak. It was a big comeback win. There's a lot of things they need to clean up. It's much easier talking to players, showing them video, talking to them in practice when everybody's in a good mood, and they're all going to be in a good mood for a couple of days here, feeling good about themselves or. They're trying to climb back into the playoff race. So uh, as much as there was a lot of things that didn't go right for them in this game and a lot of things that they want to fix, it's going to be much easier correcting and talking about it simply because the, the, the feeling right now in the dressing room is much different had they not come back in this hockey game. Okay, two things I want to get to here. I want to get to Stuart Skinner and overall play early in the game struds but also that glove save that he made and you know that was a real moment and i thought to myself i wonder if we're going to be talking about that save and then i thought nah probably not <laughs> honestly that that's what i thought this time last year i would have been like oh pay attention to that save this year it's like yeah they're not coming back so that save's not going to matter um so so Stuart skinner's play but then also there was that play darnell nurse made with the net empty that extra effort play you know, those two things right there, just some jam from a couple of guys in key moments, Struddy. Yeah, and I think that I'm glad you brought the nurse one up because to me, that is the play, right? That is the play. There's just Huge. There's moments left in the game. And then not not taking anything away from uh, Stuart Skinner and that, that save he made, but just that moment, it was a desperate move. Um, you know, I think it was Jane Schwartz. I think he was probably going to nail it in there. Uh, yeah. So that was a huge moment just to block that. And that, again, gives your group some juice, some emotion. Uh, I, I think Stewart played a good game tonight. I think he got lucky a little bit. Uh, when you think about the, the, the kind of turnaround, not wrap around, but turnaround quick play that Tanev did, shot it right through the crease to the other side. Uh, a couple, I think it was Tanev, again, maybe a backdoor play. I think there was an open net that he missed. Like there was, there was some relatively easy goals that could have gone in in the first period they could have changed it but he got you know i don't know if lucky but he he was didn't go in um but he was you know given three and he win the game four three all right he's trying to find traction he now he's got a few wins in a row here brownie i think he's starting to um feel comfortable and feel maybe more like himself from last year than we saw earlier in the year 
Well, he's got the three wins in a row, but I thought he was very good in the San Jose game that they lost too. So I think that's four quality starts in a row for Skinner. So that bodes well going forward because he's going to get the bulk of the games now. So he, he's playing well. That was a big save. I thought that was game over. And there, there was actually a flyby screen in front of him as well. So big, big, big save. And we talked about the nurse play uh, on our show too. That's desperation and urgency. And that's one thing that the Oilers have missed a lot this year. They didn't play with urgency. We saw that in the second period. Didn't play with, with desperation. But those are the things that change the complexion of a game. And Nurse diving, putting his body on the line, just gets enough of it to keep it out of the net. Uh, that, they don't get two points tonight if Nurse doesn't do that. So uh, the urgency in the game for a lot of the players tonight and the play of Stuart Skinner were reasons that Evander Kane could have play the hero in this game. Um, let's talk a little bit about what we're seeing from the head coach and the first place to start with this tonight, and we'll get to the, the line shuffling and that sort of thing. But I think overtime, I think we all, when overtime started, we were like, oh, that's interesting. Now, the thing I loved about Chris Knobloch is after the game, we asked him about it. Like you started with two defensemen on there. What was the thought process? And he just told us, he just flat out didn't play any games. He just told us the answer. If we'd have won the draw. David would have come on the ice. If you lose the draw, you're probably defending for a minute. So we don't want both our best players out there for that minute of defending. Makes a ton of sense. As it turns out, they did have to do a bunch of defending. And you run the risk, Struds, of McDavid not seeing the ice in overtime if you get scored on. And then you look goofy for him not having had a second of ice time. What do you think of that strategy? A brand new one that we haven't really seen. I really like it. I, I, you know what? It's a fresh idea. You don't bring the same a coach in and do the exact same thing. Last year, if I remember correctly, I don't think their overtime record is too great. And it was pretty much always those two guys and Nurse, right? Leon, Connor, and Nurse. And the other team, what they started doing, or teams, was that they would put uh, three good defenders out there. Like, let's say you're playing honors, it'd be Pajot and their two best defensemen. And they just wanted to kill the clock for 90 seconds. till those guys go off. Then the orders to put whomever out, and out would come the big guns for the opposing team. And that's kind of what things would go sideways. So I like this different approach. I like what they're the way they're thinking, or way that Chris is thinking of doing something different. You know, that it, it you don't have to do the same thing the previous coach did. It worked out really well. Uh I, I it sounded like in the post game that he wasn't intentional that he'd have Hyman and Kane together, uh, but it worked out with Bouchard. Those three guys, that was one of the hardest three versus three shifts I've seen, uh, you know, during that time. So Brownie, it, it was, it's different. I like that he's trying to do things that are different rather than just following the same, uh, the same, I guess, uh, way they've been doing it before. Well, yeah, it's funny. You could see off the face-off before they dropped the puck, Ekholm was looking at the bench. So you could tell if Leon won the face-off that Ekholm was taking off and changing and it's smart that way but it was funny listening to, to Knobloch explain it he said you know if if we we have to defend for a minute and by the time we get the puck back Connor and Leon are going to be tired and they're going to dump it in and I'm like well you haven't watched Connor and Leon in overtime if they were out for a minute and finally got the puck they weren't going to change they would have stayed <laughs> out for another minute or a minute and a half so I like the thought process no, it wouldn't probably have come to the the way that he explained it, but it's smart. We, I've, we've seen lots of teams that have played the Oilers in the past that'll have one guy come out for a face-off, and if he wins it, he changes and they put a different player out. Winning the draw is so important in three-on-three, -three. 
And uh, when the island, or excuse me, when uh, they lost the faceoff, when Leon lost it tonight uh, to the crack, and they did chase, and they chased a lot. And Seattle did have two good chances in overtime. They did. Skinner it could have been over. It could have been. Skinner made a big save, but hey, but going to your point, Struds, on the Kane Hyman and Bouchard, Reed said it on her show tonight. That's not a normal three on three shift. <laughs> like there was physical play in the corner. Like normally there's flybys. If the puck's not there, you fly by and just it's always constant movement. But good on Kane and Bouchard and Hyman to hunt the puck down and keep it in when there was a fifty fifty. That's when they won their battle. Hyman and Kane and Bouchard won battles on that shift and eventually they just had a fatigued cracking group out there that they just took advantage of. Also did a little bit of line shuffling. Now, the first thing he did in the first practice was to separate McDavid and Dreisaitl. Last game, when they were went through their lulls, he didn't rush to put them back together. He really didn't. He kind of let it ride, and it ended up paying off. In tonight's game, he went back to McDavid and Dreisaitl together, but there's some nuance here. It was coming out of a power play where they didn't score, and the second unit finished that power play. So players from both the first and second line are on that power play. So we kind of had to throw a line together to come back with McDavid and Dreisaitl out of the second power play unit. So we chucked McDavid, Hyman, and Dreisaitl together, and they scored. So then, rather than reset his lines back to the way they started, he was like, ah, we'll give it another look, and they had a really good shift. And then he stayed with it for a period through the game struds, and then he shifted it back later on when they weren't getting the results that they wanted. So some purposeful line adjustments, but more than anything, he threw it out there as a Frankenstein line coming out of a power play, and it worked, and he stuck with it, <laughs> which is yeah, different. Yeah. Well, I think what it is is you, you kind of feel it, right? Feeling the game. You're like, oh, man, maybe there's something here, and you're always looking for a spark or chemistry amongst three guys on any given night. Now, these three guys have had it before, but – you know, he talked about when he got the job that, you know, it might be in situations that you outlined coming out of a power play or a penalty kill, end of a period, um, whatever, or a long line change for the other team, whatever it is, it, there, there's different reasons. But when when a, you put three guys together and they score, Brownie, I'm inclined to leave them together because they might have something. They could go off, like those three guys could go off for a five-point night. So I like that. Again, it, feeling you're coaching with a feel rather than just following the plan that is out there. Well, one of the, the, the big things, too, if the Kraken killed off a power play, so now that's two minutes that they killed off. There's that big relief on their bench. We just killed off the best power play in the league. We're feeling good about ourselves. That's a great time for you to put out Connor Leon on the next shift because the Kraken right now, there's a relaxation. They're like, we just survived the power play, and oh, my goodness, now we're going against Connor and Leon again. So they took advantage of a, a relaxed Seattle group. and. And I love Strady. I love Adam Larson. I think he is a player that every team in the league yeah. would love to have. <laughs> Not on that, that one goal. Was a, that was a bonehead <laughs> play. He, tur he turned a three-on-three three into a wide-open breakaway for the best player in the world. That one is all on Larson, that one. Who I thought played a great game, but that was all on Larson. But I do believe the coaching staff said, hey, this we, we've got – we just had two minutes in their end. They're feeling relief. Let's get our best players out there and keep on pushing. Keeping an eye on the live stream here. Yeah, that was a massive mistake uh, by Adam Larson. And other teams make those too, Oiler fans, right? That feels.
like a mistake the Oilers have made game after game after game that was a game changer, and that one was a big one. Uh, and Adam Larson, a pretty good D-man, made it. Keeping an eye on the stream here, we're going to get to uh, some comments on the Weiss Johnson YouTube stream. Brought to you by Weiss Johnson, heating and air conditioning. 45 years they've been in the business. Should you need a new furnace, garage heater, air conditioner, hot water tank, or any of those things service, go to Weiss Johnson. They are the place to go. They're Edmonton's number one choice for heating, air conditioning, and plumbing services. Give them a call, 780-463-3096. I was actually chatting with Dennis today, a little bit via text message. Had some good thoughts about what's going on with the Oilers. Uh, Weiss Johnson, your place to go. 780-463-3096. You may play the jingle now, Chris. Let's never let that happen again. You gave the Weiss Johnson jingle is sacred. Seven eight zero number four six three three zero nine six. We Johnson, we Johnson, whoa! We Johnson, we that was on me, hey Brownie. That was on me. My cadence was off. No. I did. I did the phone number twice. I thought you sounded great. I don't know. I think it was just a technical glitch. That's Chris. Kiss ass. That's all, Chris. Uh, okay, I want to go to the stream here because it was relevant to what we were talking about at the time. But ba ba ba, I might have lost the one that I wanted to go to here. Um, basically, the point was made that uh, oh, there it is from uh, Stephen Petruck. I like Sam, but I think he's too slow to play with 97 long-term. They're short of top six forward. We know they are. Connor Brown is likely to play in their next game. But, Brownie, will you make a 97 there or of, of uh, Sam Gagne there? He's, he's kind of doing what he can, but a bit of a stretch. Oh, it's a huge stretch. Uh, he, he doesn't have the foot speed to keep up. He, he was actually playing very well when he was playing with, with Kane because they just yeah. had – they got pucks in deep. He makes smart plays off the board. He makes smart, smart plays from down low. At the end of the first period tonight, he set Kane up. I think it was at the end of the first where he set yeah. Kane up right in front. A wonderful play. So that's where Gagne does his best. Best. He doesn't have the foot speed anymore to be able to – I mean, nobody can keep up with McDavid. But certainly Sam Gagne, that's, he's miscast in that spot. He'll be much better suited back in the bottom six when – Connor Brown comes back, strides in. I, I would imagine that'll happen this weekend, and then they'll start being able to slot their players a little bit better where they belong. Yeah, he's a ground and pounder now, right? Like he wants to get the, just below the top of the circles and just keep his feet moving, use his hockey IQ where speed isn't quite as important. It's quickness of thinking, quickness of plays. Um, he's not into the track meets anymore. So yeah, I, but I think everyone knows that he's in there doing his, you know what he can and trying to support it. Um, but yeah, it's just, this is not a real state secret here that uh you know that, 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 that the guy talks about all right still to come on the podcast uh in our takeaway segment struds and i are going to dig a little bit into the penalty kill and also the physicality or lack thereof on this team right now uh that's coming up then we will have Struddy's world and of course ask us anything so keep your comments coming in on the youtube stream here and zuby will be gathering them behind the scenes brownie we're going to let you go my man uh i just wanted you to know you were you were a professor of the game tonight. You were incredibly impressive. You you brought the IQ of this podcast up at least two three dozen points. Well, I appreciate that. I'm gonna uh, go in and write some plays out for my family to see, and they'll wake up in the morning and I'll teach them a little bit more about the game tonight. Wow! At best, you're a student teacher. At best, 
<laughs> the substitute teacher. Substitute. I'll give him substitute teacher. Uh, that is the great Rob All right, Brown. Guys. All right, see, see ya, pal. And by the way, uh, Brownie's appearances on the pod. There he hung up on us. Brownie's appearances on the podcast are brought to you by Kin Print, helping you find creative ways to promote your brand. I love their brand. How cool is that bear up in that uh, logo that they've got? I like the purple feet on. I don't know the, the two legs that are purple. It's kind of something about it. It uh, catches the eye. They can actually help you with your logo design. So if you're a new company and you're in design right now, trying to figure things out, give them a call or check them out at kinprint.ca. They can help you design and develop that brand. And then once you've got it, they can throw it on all kinds of apparel and hats and they take great care of you. That is kinprint. .ca. Short break. When we come back, we'll dig into the PK and uh, the physicality on the Oilers. Coming up. Stay with us. Hey, everyone. It's Kelly here from United Sport and Cycle. The wait is over. United's annual Hockey Day sale is finally here. Save 20% off on select CCM and Bauer skates. Save 35% off on all Bauer and CCM Pro Stock sticks. And save up to 25% off on select Bauer and CCM equipment. And for you goalies, save up to 20% off select Bauer, Warrior, and CCM Gold Gear. Trust the experts at your home of hockey for over 95 years. United Sport and Cycle. Winter is upon us, so why not make the best of it? Marmot Basin Ski Resort is where it's at. Ski half price every day, no blackout periods. Pick up your escape card for 99 bucks and make winter fun more affordable. Half the price, all the powder. Get yours at www.skimarmot.com. If you own or operate a business, you know the value of a great employee. Just ask Shogger. Pathfind is here to help you find your next star player to help take your business to the next level. Pathfind can help with recruitment, career transition, leadership coaching. They truly have your whole team covered. Building you a championship caliber roster, find your team's path forward at pathfind.ca. We're going to let that slide. We're not going to mention that. Rusty. <laughs> Zubius Rusty coming off holidays. Wow. Chris, you okay, buds? Gone. How you doing back there, buds? I'm doing well. What was it? Just that frame? I don't know. That you started playing the United Cycle out again. Yeah, I have to set the uh, <clears throat> doing something different, linking the commercials all together tonight. But I oh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. So I just push the glasses up, and people think we're so mean to you. Nothing but love for you, buddy. Welcome back from vacation. Time oh, yeah. now for takeaways. Brought to you by Redefined Health. They specialize in total body and mind wellness from chiropractic and massage care treatments to acupuncture, soft tissue therapy, nutrition, even an on-site registered psychologist. Redefined Health is there to help you get well and stay healthy for a lifetime. Go see Dr. Tyler Fix, if for no other reason than his name. See if he can do it. Can he fix you? RedefinedHealth.com. Okay, Struds, uh, we were texting back and forth about some things we wanted to make sure we got to tonight, and you mentioned the penalty kill two or three times. I sense you're passionate about what you're seeing on the penalty kill because this was a question for you, an it, area you know they need to be better. What are you seeing? Yeah, it's huge. I, I just I just think it's so huge. I mean, you, 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 the special teams are so important in today's game, and 
what I saw today, well, first off, the orders killed off five penalties, which was really important. There were some really crucial ones too at crucial times. I want to say the end of the second, the beginning of the first or third, that was a huge one. But uh, a couple things. Number one, I think we're seeing a little bit tighter play from the from the forwards. They're, that means they're not extending out so far out to the uh, the D men, and that's not creating those that such a way long ways to skate back, and then he kind of zipping passes through that. So I think they're keeping a little bit tighter. Uh, the second thing, and you know, we were kind of going back and forth on you brought it up, uh, is the block shots. They were they seem like they were in more shooting lanes. And that helps so much. I can't tell you as a D-man, when you're in front of the net and you know that the other team is just teeing off and pucks and bombs are coming right at you, and now you got to figure out either the puck goes in or there's a rebound laying around there and or a ricochet, and you're trying to figure out where that puck is. There's people all over the place. The forwards are trying to get back. So those two things together, they've seen to really calm things down. Uh, so I really like that. And you know, I think maybe Stewart, Coffee, I'm not sure which combination of the two are doing it. But it's it looks like there's been some changes uh, since uh, you know Dave Manson um, was no longer on the team. Yeah, you know when you have a goaltender who one of the first things he mentions is I thought the penalty kill did a really good job. Yeah. You know that he's feeling the pressure in those moments on the kill, and I can only imagine what it feels like as a goalie to see one of your players step in front of one that you would have had to deal with, right? And Stuart Skinner mentioned that right away. Struds. The willingness to block shots is massive, and winning teams need it when it matters the most. Let me ask you this, though, buddy. Of all the things to do in hockey, maybe outside of dropping the gloves and fighting, that has to take the most courage in all of hockey to be willing to do that. <laughs> yeah, it does to a point. So let's just let's just look at two different examples. So example one, uh, Bouchard takes a point shot from uh, in the offensive zone, and Leon's kind of turned sideways and tries to jump out of the way. It hits him in the knee. So he's kind of trying to avoid that. And I get it. He doesn't want to get hit by the shot. He's trying to let it get to the net. But that's example number one. Example number two, you get in the shooting lane early. You're in the right place. You're square to the shooter. And it hits you in the shin pads or the pants. Not going to hurt you. So yeah. I always found when you were blocking a shot to get into your position early and to be facing the guy. I don't like it when people lay down. I don't like it when they drop to their knee like Chris Russell used to do. Stand up and and take away one side of the net or the other. It's a little bit harder for the forwards, but for the D, you know, let's say I got you're talking, you're dealing with the guy to the flank. Um, you take away the far side of the net, and then the goalie knows he only has to stop really half the uh, right or just look after half the half his net. And now that's it's it's a lot harder for the guy to get the shot through, and the goalie's going to make the save. So, you know, getting there early and with intention. Not kind of drifting out, and not to pick on this guy, but Zach Casting was the master. I he always made it look like he was getting to it, and then just kind of take a a, 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 a road to the to that block shot that looked like he was working hard, but wasn't quite there. Knew so how just, to make it look good, right? Didn't yeah. that happen in that Chicago play-in series? Wasn't there a critical oh, goal where yeah. he took a circuitous route to get out of a time. shot block? So, so what you want to do if you're going out to a D man? Instead of skating out to the D-man and getting into the shooting lane, you first get in the shooting lane, so it might be a step to your right, and then skate at the player. Now that guy's got to shoot through you, and that makes a big difference. Uh, two things. One, um, pound the pound the love heart thing. Uh, apparently that helps our algorithm, and we got to remind you each time, sure. I'm, I'm told, by our social media people. So um, 
Do you have that sound bite, uh, Zuby? Steve had that at his fingertips. That that classic sound bite from me. You know what? I he sent it to me, but I haven't put it into the board yet. Okay. All right. Just making a note here. Just, uh, okay. That's three. Do my impression of you doing it. <laughs> yeah, do it. Actually, you can do an impression of me. Go for it. My voice is a little hoarse. Pound that love button, folks. No, it would oh, be that's more, creepy. It would be more. <laughs> it would be that more is, sing song. Gross. Than that. That was gross. Yeah. I think what I said was pound that love button, I think is what I said. Uh, and I can see people are doing it, so thank you. Uh, another thing came up before we get to our next point is, uh, did Strudz have a chance to talk about his Twitter post about Gregor yet? That comes from <laughs> Nate Hay 77 I missed it, Struddy. What did you do? Well, what did I you love- Twitter? <laughs> so I, I love that Gregor's grown his hair out. Like for, <laughs> I for, bet you for did. No reason that he's the one who brought it on himself. <laughs> so after every win, I've, I've been putting up, well, I guess just the last two, but you know, I'll say like this. This recent one was, um, you know, uh, the Oilers are three and zero since Jason Greger started. His, I think it's tonsil or tongle or whatever where you get the cut on the side, yeah, or the top and on side era. And then I put a picture of Boss Hog from Dukes of Hazard. Oh yeah, 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 the worst. And like, and then hashtag you know not party on the top. Uh, hashtag yeah. party on the sides. Like, I just love it because I know it just bothers them and. Uh, it's so funny. Like, I can't wait to see this hair and, and uh, what it looks like. It's really going to be a journey for all of us. It oh, really is. You so know. much fun. And, and I mean, it bothers him. Bothers yeah, him. I know. He was so mad at himself. But God love him. He's a man of his word, that he Jason is, yeah. Greger over at Sports 1440. Uh, the other point I wanted to bring up was physicality. I'm going to try really hard not to go on a rant here. Okay? Like, not to overdo it. But this is the thing. There are too many players on this team who feel like it's okay if they don't contribute to any physicality on a given night. That it's not their job and it's not part of what they even need to think about shift to shift. And I'm telling you, when you get to the playoffs, when you want to get to the promised land, you have to be a team that instinctually knows you just have to finish your checks. You just have to. And the Oilers are heading down a dangerous path, I see, where there is not enough physicality and there are not enough players who seem to give a crap about trying to play physical. Now, the guy that is holding the flag and going, charge on this front of not being physical is Ryan McLeod. I've been talking about him since he arrived, and it has gotten no better. I counted one shift. He swung away from three finished checks in the offensive zone in about – 20 seconds it's mind-numbing that this player thinks he can be a third line center on a good team and never have to finish checks this is where i'm not i'm that i've said it i'm just going to stop there he's not the only one the expectation needs to come from somewhere where should it come from is it the players is it a vander kane hollering at guys like where should this come from struds because if this team doesn't find it they naturally don't have a bunch of guys that think this way, and it's a problem. Yeah, so I, I, what, I, what I'm going to say is you don't need to run out of your way to get hits, but there are some really easy areas to get hits, and I'm going to target the defenseman, like to hit defenseman. So when the puck is dumped in, they're, you know, the D-men skiing towards that puck. They're not really sure where you are. And then as soon as they make that play, you can rub them out or hit them into the wall and not lose your speed and still get back up the ice and build, beat them up the ice. That's a really easy place to dump it in or to, to hit. 
in other places, and when the players are skating up the ice, you angle the guy off, and as he passes or, or chips it in or whatever, bang, that's another easy hit. So those are the two areas that are really easy to hit. Now, there's there's other areas, you know, mid-ice collision or mid-ice collisions, harder, a little bit more skilled, and kind of high risk as far as what it can happen to your team if you miss it. But for a forward, those are the two easiest areas to get those hits. And I think it's important to do because it wears down specifically the D-men, get some thinking. And then, then it's it kind of those those forwards might take a second uh, thought about if they're dumping it in or they're going to drive it wide because they know you're going to finish them off. For the D, it's a little bit different, I think, but it, those are easy ways to get. And as a forward, if you're playing ten to fifty minutes a night, it's easy to pick up two or three hits in those areas. Again, not blowing guys up, not putting guys into the third row, but finishing and riding guys out. It stops their momentum. And it does wear them down. So I think it's about the team and the team being better off because you're doing that. And, you know, I think someone needs to maybe talk to some guys, Kane or Hyman. Um, some others might sit down, you know, and say, guys, this, this, is, this is how our team gets better. This is how we make it harder for them. Uh, like think about when you are playing Vancouver to, to just ride Quinn Hughes off. Now, it's not easy because he's hard to hit. But if you can catch him two or three times a game, just to rub him out and slow him down, makes that 25 minutes a lot harder to play. Hundred percent, and it's not just him. Like there's a number of guys that that don't do it enough, and you know it's hard when it's not in your nature. So it needs yeah. to be an expectation that someone else puts in front of you, and there needs to be consequences when you refuse to do it. So I'm going to be really interested how this head coach handles it. I did ask Knobloch after the game about you know physicality and how important it is to him. I don't think we grabbed that clip, did we? We grabbed the Evander Kane one, Struts, on the physicality. Uh, yeah, no, what are we talking with Kane? With? Yeah, Kane. Zuby, yeah, that's what we have, right? Yes. I asked yeah. Evander Kane about, you know, if this group is physical enough because they're getting a lot of good things happening within five, seven feet of the net, and there just aren't enough guys going there. Go ahead. Here's Evander Kane from the Weiss Johnson Soundbox. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it can obviously improve greatly. Uh, you know, I think we all know that in this room. I think, um, that's only going to lead to uh, more scoring opportunities for us uh, when you get all 20 guys playing that way. Um, I think some of the goals we gave up, uh, you know, we could have been a little harder, a little firmer. But uh, as I said, I think we did a good job of not being deterred um, and, and, and not having a letdown going to the third period after that second and pushing uh, to get a victory. So he's still a developing player, won 50% of his draws tonight. Check. You can tell that he's working on that. I see him working on it in practice. Mm. This is a part of his game. And, and I think the reason why I'm so on him is because he occupies a place in the lineup where he can be so important for this group. He has the speed to do it. He's not a great hitter, but he can do it. He's too important a player on this team to be allowed to think it's okay to play this way. He is too important to this group. For this to be just what he is now, too important. Yeah. it's. Uh, I don't think it's in his nature. I don't think he's a physical player at all. Um, but his speed makes it so easy to get hits. My God. If he I does could, it in it, the playoffs, man. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I don't think – well. He shows more intention to finish yeah. checks and play physical yeah. in the playoffs. He does. I know because I pay attention to it yeah. and I notice it in the playoffs. I think we got to be careful when you're talking about – the playoffs he does have more but like it's not like it's 
a huge difference, right? It, it, yeah. There might be more, but I don't think it's like a massive difference. But with his speed, he should be able to get some such easy hits. And that's what the craziest part of this is. For a slower player, it's harder to get there, right? When you're yeah. that fast, just ride the guy off, boom, into the wall, and you just keep moving. Again, you don't move it. You really don't lose a lot of speed if you do it correctly. Um, so it's it's he's hurting himself, but he's hurting the team, right? By by not doing it. But there's other guys too. Like I I think Fogel's the same guy. I like to see him he does ride off quite a few, but I like to see him get in there and finish it off. It should Kane be does, a night for Fogel because he has the speed, he's yeah. way better at doing it. It's part of yeah. his game. Like every yeah. night should be Fogel. There's some nights yeah. he brings it, and then there's some nights where it just goes poof and disappears. Yeah. That's the one thing and, you can control. Finish your but, checks. But there are some nights where the hits just don't come. Like I, I know that it's just it is hard. But you know, most times you can get it. Holloway's another guy that can be able to do it. You know, Derek Ryan maybe a little bit lighter, maybe not the guy. Uh, but you know, Lavoie's another guy and get it going. You know, Hamblin. But then we're talking about kind of smaller, smaller role players here. But yeah. I, I think there's an opportunity for these guys that I mentioned to really kind of bring it. And now you kind of have one guy in each line. It's a little bit heavy and a little bit mucky for the other team, and you, you start to get that that idea of being hard to play against they missed costin on this front right i mean buke's dad didn't throw a ton Huge. of hits but was but was a bigger body yeah uh their bottom six is not built for this to be a specialty and i don't think it's okay to just accept that and say well that's who we are you can't ask an apple to be an orange i think it needs to be an expectation that this group figures out how to put on itself and i think it should be a priority for the coaching staff to get out of more guys um and we'll see We'll see. I've been beating this drum, though, for a couple of seasons, and maybe it'll just never be part of what he thinks about game to game to game, but Ryan McLeod is too important a player to think that he can just play game after game without you know, swinging and dinging and blowing snow at people. Uh, it just happens far too often. Anyways, that was Takeaways, and Takeaways tonight brought to you by Redefined Health. When we come back, we're going to dig into a, a little maneuver that Chris Knobloch made. He and Paul Coffey huh, had a little discussion and a little shift in the locker room. Struddy's going to tell you all about it and tell you what he thinks about it coming up after a short break in Struddy's World. The Edmonton Sport and Social Club is YEG's top destination for adult recreational sports, offering over 20 different options, including ball hockey, indoor volleyball, pickleball, and now ice hockey for all you fans out there looking to lace them up for the first time or get back into the game after a few years off, like Struddy. Sign up by December 13th for the winter season beginning mid-January at edmontonsportsclub.com. If you're looking for a night out on the town and want to make sure you and your fellow fun lovers arrive safe and in style, call Ahmed Enterprises. With their stretch limos and party buses, they can accommodate groups up to 22. Servicing Edmonton and area, Ahmed Enterprises provides luxurious, reliable, professional transportation. Whether it be weddings, parties, casino nights, game night at the arena, or any occasion, give them a call at 780-231-6018 or check them out online at ahmedenterprise.com. Mention Got Your Back sent you to get 10% off your luxury ride. Long Shots Golf is the destination for both golf enthusiasts and sports fans. 
top-of-the-line TrackMan simulators provide a highly entertaining and accurate golf experience, while a full-service sports bar loaded with big screens and scratch kitchen make it a truly unique destination. They have locations in Sherwood Park in Edmonton. Experience the best indoor golf and sports bar in town. Visit longshots.ca. That's longshots with a Z.ca. Are you ready to elevate your moving experience? Trusted for over 100 years, Ferguson Moving and Storage are your partners in relocation, ensuring your journey is smooth and stress-free. And say goodbye to surprises with Ferguson's transparent flat rate pricing. Contact them now for a free moving quote and use a promo code FERGUSON to receive $100 off your next move. Visit fergusonmoving.com and let them lift your expectations. When you make a mistake, heads should roll. It's not right. And I'm here. Someone has to put their foot down. Now that I say it out loud, it does sound a little crazy. Guy look good. <laughs> Big tip of the hat to Zuby. Because I don't know if anybody saw it or not. He snuck a little something, something into the commercial there. Did you see into the path? Was it the Pathfind commercial? Which commercial was it? Did you see that, Struds? He snuck this picture. Uh, yeah. I love that picture. <laughs> uh, nice work, Zuby. You have totally redeemed yourself tonight, buddy. <laughs> yeah. That's How the uh, Edmonton, Edmonton Sport and Social Club. The Edmonton Sport and Social Club. How was that experience for you, Struds? Doing that I was unreal. Uh, yeah, I think we should do a full week's of podcast just talking about my every every uh, routine I did. Look at that. I think, <laughs> I think I did five or six, maybe seven. I don't know. It was quite a few. Who's your partner again? Violetta Afinasieva. Uh, yeah, uh, it was great. Great experience, man. I loved it. I'd never do it again, but I loved it. That's awesome. What place did you come in? Second. Yeah, we got voted second. So who won? Tough. Yeah, we either go to the final three, then it's a vote. Who won though? I was I'm trying to remember that. Oh, here. Scott Thornton. He was oh, really okay. Good. Scott Thornton. He was won showing that, yeah. his partner around. He was he was really good too. <laughs> Nice. All right, time now for Strutty's World, brought to you by DLR Vinyl Decks and Fences. With locations in Calgary and Edmonton, they provide beautiful maintenance-free vinyl fencing and decking materials. And the trick there is the maintenance-free part, right? That is the gold part of going with DLR. You put it in, you don't have to sand, you don't have to stain, you don't have to paint. No elbow work. Once it's in, it stays looking fantastic year after year after year. Decades, it'll look like it's new. Definitely worth it. Check it out. DLRVinylProducts.ca. They got locations in Calgary and in Edmonton. Struddy? So today it came out that uh, the Edmonton owners uh, coaching staff had rearranged or organized to rearrange the uh, the dressing room. You know, they, the guys have been kind of spread out. So what they did is they put the defensemen together in, in one area, then the kind of the forwards and the goalie in another. Um, you know, it's still one dressing room, but they just kind of organized them as, 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 a, as a group. And I played on teams where this has happened before, where guys are together, and then others where you're spread out. I, I got to say, I like it when the like players are near each other, right? There's kind of that that commonality, that bond of what you're doing out there. You know, there there is some talking. You know, I think that we have to be careful when we talk, or we think about how much players talk about each other uh, or talk with each other about what's going on out there. It does happen. That's for sure. But you're not going over, you know, you're not sitting in your stall all morning just talking about, hey, man, remember we did this? Let's do that again. Let's make this happen. But there can come up some organic conversation 
during, uh, let's say, a game before or even after a game about what you want to do in the power play or, or the penalty kill or maybe something that's working on the breakouts. But it's not like you're just sitting, talking shop all day long. Most of the time, you're kind of complaining about who's playing the music and what's happening. So let's talk about why they did this. So the new coach comes in, and he's trying to make it feel like a new start. So, you know, he talked about he and Paul Coffey making this happen. And to me, when you rearrange it, it's like a new start to the year because some of these guys had their spots for quite a while. And I know when you have your spot, it's kind of your spot. You're kind of used to walking there. You stretch in a certain area. You walk away or set your stick a certain way. Well, this is a new start. Things have been moved around a bit. And I like it because now it's like he's quietly and for a good reason put his stamp on the dressing room. It wasn't like it was before. So it's a slight change, and for the players, it makes it feel different. And I really like that. The second part is when the coach comes in to talk to you, instead of having to look around and try to figure out where all the D-men are, you're like, hey, guys, D-men, this is what we want to do. Let's make this happen, or vice versa with the forwards. So there's a lot of benefits that can come out of this. I don't think we can – got to be careful not to overstate what the impact would be. I think that's a little bit – getting a little bit carried away. But I like that he put his stamp on the dressing room and also made it easier to communicate with his players, whether it's forwards or D, as they move it forward. Yeah, some great points there, Struds. I'll tell you what I liked about it. I, I asked him a question about it today, and I I don't think we have that sound. Zuby, did I ask you to pull that sound? I don't think I did, did I? No. Okay, no problem. That, that's Sorry. my bad. No, no, that's okay. That's my bad. Basically, the way he answered it is he said, because what I said to him was, it was kind of tongue in cheek, but I said, oh, you're messing with players' superstitions a little here. Like they're, you know, they've been in these spots for a while. Was there any pushback? I kind of said jokingly, and he goes, oh, you know, I think there's probably some guys that aren't happy with the way, you know, their games have gone. And, uh, you know, maybe it's time for some change. It was kind of his response. And I like it, Struds, because he's an understated guy, right? He's, he's not, he's not banging fists and stuff like that, but when you're a guy that sat in the same stall for like six years yeah. <laughs> and it's like, wow, what? Yeah. You know, it's not nothing. It's not, it's his way of kind of, that's a pretty notable thing for guys that, wow, this is completely different now. And he clarified that was well, it was with all of his junior teams and in the American yeah. league. That's the way he liked it. Uh, he said, Paul coffee actually is the one that brought it up. I wonder if it was like that back in the heyday of the Oilers, if that was like that for coffee and the Oilers back in the day. Yeah. But this yeah, is sure not is. nothing. Yeah. But it's 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 not nothing, but it's he's putting his stamp on this team just yeah. subtly, right? Now it's and it good. I, I like that he talked about how him and coffee kind of came up with the idea or coffee brought it to him. Like I like that because those two are now working together and they got to find some uh you know, find it, find a working relationship, right? Not that they don't have one or sorry, they have a bad one. They just don't have one, right? They've never worked together, but it's, it's a way of very subtly. And it seems like that's his style, just imposing his will on the group. This is what we're going to do. Uh, I'll, I'll share a quick story. When I played for the Canucks, we had a, a really nice dressing room. And then there was like uh, about three stalls that were outside, like kind of outside of the main square that led to a storage room. And those, those were like for extra goalie gear and stuff. But Mike Keenan started playing games with us. So depending on how you'd play, your, your stall would be moved the next morning. So there would be guys whose stall was moved daily. And you'd never be in the same what? spot. Yeah. And so Al, like Matt, let's be clear, though. Mark Messier, he was on the team. He never moved. But Alexander McGillney, uh, they didn't, you know, Mike didn't feel he was playing well enough. So he put his stall 
on this on the way to the uh, the storage room. And he was staring like that. It was a very small hallway, like maybe five feet across. So he was just sitting there staring at the wall. So he was just, and the guys were just giving it to him. And he loved it. Like Alamo, that's what we called him, was an amazing guy. And he's like, hey, guys, I'm over here. If anyone needs me, uh, just staring here, <laughs> staring at the wall. And then he had a better game. And so then they moved him back in because there were like, there was literally an empty stall inside the main square, but he was in the hallway. Like it was so funny. And he would move. Guys, all you know, for 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 stretches of time to kind of make his point, to let you know where you were in his good or bad books. And for a period of time, I had an unbelievable stall. Like I'm talking, it was aces. It's right in the middle of the row. You can kind of right in the middle. You can see what everybody's doing. I loved it. I loved being in the middle of the action. And oh, then God. when I played bad, I went back to the edges. I never went to the hallway. I never played that badly. But so you that, got moved it, around a little bit in there. Yeah, not a ton, but I, mine was more a reward. Like, you know, because like I feel that the I really like the middle of the row. So if it's a can picture a square or, uh, you know, a round is a little bit harder than a round now. But yeah. used to be squares and being in the middle of a row was a real bonus because you were in the middle of the action, right? Everyone's wheeling right. and dealing. You didn't want to be on the end because there's no one to talk to if you're against the walls. It's just you. Now, some guys like that. I wanted to be in the middle. So it was, you'd kind of, I felt when I played well, I'd get in the middle. And then when I wasn't playing as well, I got back out to the outside. But and sad. how long did that go on for? Like, was it just a period of time? Did well, he wasn't there. Like, he, I was, was only it? with him. Like, he coached me for maybe, I don't know, 50 games. Like, it wasn't there very long, right? And uh, But it was funny. Then he, you know, he'd do the same thing. Like, if you if you had a good practice, you'd walk – or a good game, you'd walk in and there'd be, like, uh, full practice and workout, some people underneath that. There'd be just a workout, some people underneath that. And then there'd be nothing. And you could be under that. And there was the odd time where old Uncle Struddy was in the nothing group. So I could do whatever I wanted. But then he looked over and like, you know, the other guys would be, and I was a rookie, so I did everything. I'd go and do it all the time. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, it was crazy, man. Like we, it, he was he was always trying to rally. But if you were playing well, if we were winning, it was just that you just play three on three for the whole practice. But then, so as a young player, like I wasn't learning anything. So when Mark Crawford was brought in, my game kind of, improve because now I was learning how to play. You know, I get motivation. I believe in motivation. But I think that mm -hmm. works for older sure teams. I don't right. think that works for, we were young and inexperienced. We didn't know what the hell we were doing. I needed, I needed someone to tell me what to do. Struddy or, or Zuby, pop on in here, buddy, because we're going to get to ask us anything. That was Struddy's World, by the way, brought to you by DLR Vinyl Products. Are you keeping a to-do list on the pod, uh, Zuby? Do you have like a big master list of things that are on, on the to-do list? Sort of, yeah. I have a running, uh, I have a notes section in notes. My... Yes. So I think we need oh. to add some sort of uh, an, whether it's an animation or an audio cue or something. When it's time for story time with Struddy, I think we need <laughs> to like, I think we need to just have something that plays because I honestly, when as soon as you said that, Struds, I actually was like, oh like awesome i love story time i sat back in my chair i leaned back like this yeah and i was just kind of like let's do it yeah exactly like zuby so let's right. zuby that's on the to-do okay, list no rush to-do list i know you just got back and i don't want to overwhelm you but let's get a story time with strutty animation or oh, something i love it i love uh, making this stuff and creating and having all different <laughs> perfect hitting, hitting well, lots of buttons and having lots yeah. of different visual cues and stuff like that that's so for awesome sure we'll, we'll come up with something and as long as you're hitting the right ones, you're you're doing a good job. Yeah, I've been about uh, let's get to seventy thirty tonight. I would say. So yeah, far. I know. The same that's as the Oilers, one one loss battle level seventy thirty. Yeah. That's, that's about still what a it B. Was. That's still a B. 
That is a B. Yeah. And that's, that's good. All right. Get to, uh, let's get to ask us anything brought to you by match eatery and public house holiday gifting. Just got better at match purchase a $50 card gift card. You receive a bonus $10 card and two match branded beer sleeves. Love the beer sleeves. Gift cards are available in the restaurant and at matchpub.com. Match Pub, your ice district dining destination. Zuby, how's the stream doing, buddy? I'm gonna let uh I'm gonna let you and Struds kind of buck on this a little bit. Just hammer it hard, the two of you get through as many as you can. And I'm just gonna kind of sit back and, and enjoy. I'll chime in if I think it's needed. Okay, that's cool because we did get we, we have some good stuff, stuff that we didn't get to in the pod at all tonight. A uh, couple of chirps, you know, I like to sometimes start with a couple of chirps. VA threw in there, and this just just made me laugh. He said, "Our bottom six is buttery soft," and that yep. just, <laughs> I had a good chuckle at that. The Bison Mask guy said, "Oilers signed Connor Brown, hoping they would get a Rob Brown, uh, probably uh, <laughs> angling angling for gem of the night there, uh, but Rob's gone, so he doesn't get a vote on it anymore." Uh, one of Struddy's kids, I think, uh, has the handle for Oilers. And said, I didn't realize how funny Struddy was until I started to listen to this pod. The guy carries the show. A little love for Struddy from a kid oh, or an uncle. Wow. Some, some relative, for that, sure. That might be a gem of the night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You no longer are allowed to do gem of the night, yeah, yeah. Struddy. I love it. There was another good one earlier, Zuby. Somebody said... Uh, Somebody said uh, Gene Principe throws more hits in a night than Ryan McLeod, which, <laughs> oh, which I thought was good. Love you, Gino. Love you, Gino. And last one. Ryan McLeod is a good player. He's an important player. He's. I, I'm not trying to pile on to him. Mm. And by the way, funny enough, somebody sent me a note. The Oilers are actually second in the league in hits per 60, which huh. is kind of funny when you look at it that way. Yeah. I still maintain it, though. I still maintain it. There are too many guys that aren't doing it. Anyways, this is where I'd be quiet again. And final one, uh, final sort of chirp comment. Bitumen said when you showed the picture of Streddy uh, of, uh, from the uh, Battle of the Blades, he said, oh, I thought that was the two of you. Uh, and then I thought, boy, we should. that would be a great promotional thing. Maybe we could recreate that photo with Streds wow. and, and Rashad. Jeez. That'll be something yeah, no, for I'm not, down the road. Yeah, down the road. Not doing okay. the white dress. There's some, good, there's some good hockey stuff here. JL said... Uh, the team finally caught some breaks in the third Ernie penalty could have been a five minute and Vinny was within inches of scoring on his own on the empty net. Uh, Streds, what did you see of those events yeah. in the game? Well put, you know, I think I, I'm going to go back to the first period Tana missing the net. I mean, that was really, uh, uh, that was a pretty big miss. I think it was him again, back door in a one timer. I think he missed, missed it or misfired. That was another one. Yeah. The Adam Ernie, I don't know how that wasn't a five minute. He absolutely hammered that guy. Um, right in the face with a flying elbow, like it was a flying elbow. So I wonder if that isn't um, looked at as as potential, uh, maybe a suspension or at least a fine. Like that was really dangerous. And then the Vinny Darnay, uh, you know, Vinny, he's got to stay kind of within his limitations, right? Like the back, I get it. I get it. He's trying to just keep the puck alive. And he did a good job because he was trying to run off time on the uh, on the penalty that they were carrying. But you you got to be so careful. Um in that moment. And that's, that's really not his game. Uh, you know, maybe a quick turn of the wall, chip it back to the other side, rather than a backhander back to the middle. Cause that was inches, not feet from going in the zone net. You know, it's funny as I just quickly, as I watched it in real time, I thought that wasn't really danger. He was, I thought he was below the line. Then I saw the replay and he wasn't. No, it, no, it had no, a, no, it no, had no, a yeah, line. That was danger. <laughs> it had Rogers, a line that was danger. Okay. Uh, Neil Garrett, Neil Garrity, 
wants to talk about Evan Bouchard. Uh, this is his comment, and he says, Bouchard is not good for a fan's heart. I'm angry and yelling at him when he's in our zone and cheering for him in the offensive zone. He's he's a roller coaster out there. It's a great comment. Yeah, I we've like talked that. about that before. When he gets over the red line, he, he just just takes over, right? That skill just takes over in his own end. He seems a little bit hesitant and at times um, not not just aggressive enough. And we can go back to a couple of goals we him already but i i hope that he keeps you have to be patient with a guy like this because he's going to keep adding that part to him right and i, I you look at the guy who's on the bench beside him paul coffee might be you know really well suited to work with him because paul was very much inclined offensively you know he had partners that kind of backed him up but maybe the the wording from paul coffee might be different than dave manson not that manson did a bad job but just because they maybe connect a little bit more is too offensive very offensive minded defenseman Zuby, we have a request on the stream to turn your volume level up. I think at some oh, point too there. So sure. I don't know if that's. Uh, I could do that. Yeah. I'm always trying to lean in. I've, it's harder for me to watch my own level, but that's thank okay, you. Buddy. For... Yeah, you got a lot going on this <laughs> segment. You're you're carrying this segment. You and Stretty. That's <laughs> yeah. why I'm handling the technical end for you. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. Streds, do you think the um, the influence of Paul Coffey seeing like CC Rush and I forget there was like, do you think that's really showing through already? Oh, I, I think it is. I, I think I think it is. Um, what it is for me is that I like it when the Oilers defenseman. Uh, I don't think there's anyone like Quinn Hughes that should be carrying the puck over the over the blue line and then distributing the puck from there. I think well, maybe Bouchard, but I think everyone should be that second layer of the rush. So let's say it's a two on one or a th whatever three on three. You follow up really hard and you get up in that play and now you're following it up and it turns a, an even man rush to an odd man rush. You know, the one where CeCe got in the breakaway, I, I still not sure how that all worked out. Uh, he did jump into play, but you can see they're activating the guy who's in front of the net to jump up hard in the play to help create more offense. And I, I really like that because you, it, it just puts pressure on the D on the other team and you have to now realize and recognize what kind of rush you have going at you. So I, I think that was, that's, uh, something they're trying to do for the Oilers CD. Okay, really interesting comment here from Spade. He says, just kind of looking at what's going on here in the last few days, with a roster like this, maybe X's and O's don't matter as much. Maybe we just need good in-game roster management. Yeah, I don't think I'd agree with that. I think that you still have to have some structure to your game. And, you know, structure protects you when things aren't going well. So when you're rolling like the Oilers were the last seven minutes, um, you know, they're they're emotional, they're fired up, they're playing well, and they're scoring goals. That's a great thing. But the previous, whatever, 43 or, or I guess it'd be more than that, 53 minutes, whatever it was, that's that structure kind of holds you until you're able to get to the go zone that you found in the game. So um, I, I think they'll keep implementing some things. You know, I talked a little bit about what I saw differently on the penalty kill. At least that's what I saw. I'm not sure if they're intending to do that. Um, but I think that they will keep adding just a little changes. And it's not a huge change, but those little changes to, to just kind of weather the storm shogger. Can I have a quick turn here, Zuby? You, you mind may. if I hop in? You may. I'd like to ask Mr. Strudwick something. Um, and the, some of this is coming in on the stream a little bit here too. Given, and we're not going to pile on to Jack Campbell here because it's not going well for him in the American Hockey League. And we uh, just is what it is, right? He gets dem demoted down to that league. And it has been ugly, man. Just a pile of goals and some early ones. Uh, but given the fact that it doesn't look like Jack Campbell is going to be on his way back soon, Struddy, I think they probably need to prioritize getting Pickard into a game here. Like, they're going to have to uh, – he's not yeah. just here to fill space. 
and they're gonna need them. And if it, and if you've just called them up and you make them wait three weeks before you give them a start, I think that's yeah. a mistake, man. I'm 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 eyeballing that game, that afternoon game on the weekend. Is it Washington? But they're gonna have to work this guy in at some point because I don't think Campbell's coming back anytime soon. Yeah, you know, I I actually well, just on Jack Campbell, I worry about him, right? Because you're you're just you're in a free fall. Your 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 game is in an absolute free fall. I, I wonder if we're not gonna see a uh, maybe a leave of absence just for him just to kind of get his feet underneath him. Like he, you know, it's it's just think of in the last 18 months what his what his life has gone from, right? You signed this great contract to the Oilers come in here and you just can't get traction. It's not going well. You think you have a good summer. You feel good in training camp. And then you start the season. It's just not where it's at. Then you get sent down the minors. Now you're, it's, it's just not going well in the minors. Like I think his head is just spinning, absolutely spinning. So if I was orders and he asked for a leave of absence, just to, just to go and clear his head and I don't know, go on a vacation or something, I'd grant it because it just, I think he's reeling. So, uh, on the on the other side though, yeah, they can't play. Skinner can't play every game moving forward. So you have to find a place to to put him in, to put Pickard in, and also see what you got, right? What do we got here? But as right now when they're winning, I think it'd be I wouldn't expect them to play that him in Tampa, uh, even though Tampa doesn't have their number one goalie either. Uh, so maybe that wouldn't make more sense. But you know, there, there's going to be opportunities here coming up. Uh, but I think with the heater they're on, uh, I don't think you make the move now. All right, yeah. Zuby, one, one or two more, and we can uh, let her buck here. For uh, as, well, yeah, Quaddy actually had mentioned, he said, I think Tampa's playing the worst out of the four teams. He was looking at that as the uh, pick yeah. start, and that yeah. is the Saturday afternoon. So I don't know if that plays into it at all either, if it's a little more under the radar. Anywho. Yeah, afternoon game. Yeah, I mean, I could see. I, I He's going to get into something, right? So I, I probably wouldn't do it against Carolina or Florida. So I guess maybe Tampa. And then what's the back end? That's is it Washington? Yeah. They got an afternoon game in Washington, I think, on the weekend, if I recall. I don't have the schedule yeah. in front of me. It's on yeah. the wall behind yeah. me. Yeah. All right. Good stuff. That was Ask Us Anything, brought to you by Match Eatery and Public House. As we wrap the pod tonight with our gem of the day, we remind you it's brought to you by Edmonton's iconic home for everything sport, United Sport and Cycle. It's definitely your home for hockey. Sticks and skates, masks and pads. They can get you outfitted and ready to dominate on the ice. Go check them out in store or online. www.unitedsport.ca. Strides, you got something in mind other than somebody saying that you rule the pod and you're so funny and you're... Uh, he carries the pod, I think, was what was said there. That's the low-hanging fruit and accurate. So why why put that in? I think I'm gonna go with the best chirp of the night where a guy was being really ironic, saying that uh, you know, Professor Brown uh is a real hockey genius. So that's actually you heard on 630 Chad. You heard it. <laughs> yeah, I just can't believe show. someone yeah, it's so ironic, it's so funny. I was giggling about that all show. <laughs> I like it. Uh, you know what I'm going to do? Because we probably didn't talk enough about it on the podcast tonight. I'm going to give the gem of the night to Stuart Skinner and that glove save. It was Fair. a weird shift. They were under pressure. The game could have totally gone the other way. And Struddy, it flashed the leather, man. Big yeah. save. Nicely done. And and good for him. He's starting to feel it, right? As Brownie said, four games in a row here. He's played pretty well. Yeah, good stuff. Uh, Zuby, we're really glad to have you back, buddy. I know we were giving you the gears pretty good, but uh, glad you're back. Steve was fantastic. Look forward to hearing from him again. But welcome back, my man. The fans missed you. Oh yeah, good to be back. Uh, cold. We're gonna we're gonna have snow here soon too, so it's a bit of a rude <laughs> awake rude awakening uh, from the Mexico trip. But yeah, 
Glad to be back. Glad to be right in the thick of things back in the pods and uh, getting to talk about a couple wins. That's always fun too. You are the voice of the fan here on Got Your Back. Thank you so much for tuning in on the live stream. For those of you that hung in here with us tonight, there was quite a few of you. We really appreciate that. And thanks for your downloads and your subscriptions on the podcast platforms as well. Leave us a, uh, a review on iTunes if you get a couple of minutes. We'd love to know what you think about the podcast. Huge thanks, as always, to our amazing title sponsors, Sherwood Buick GMC. We'll be back in a couple of days, folks. Have a great day night, whenever you're listening, and we'll talk soon.